0: Hey guys, what's going on? It's Jeff a quick note before the show begins the audio from these podcasts mostly come from live video YouTube streams on my channel They may vary in quality from show to show and reference visual content not described to you the listener I'm sorry about that If you prefer video to go with this audio head over to youtube.com backslash from us F-r-u-m-e-s-s for the whole enchilada who doesn't like a whole enchilada anyway? Oh, what's that up in the sky? Spider-Man, Spider-Man, gotta talk about Spider-Man because we can't wait to do it. We gotta do it right now. Look out, Jeff's gonna talk Spider-Man. So if you have not seen Spider-Man, No Way Home, the brand new, newest Spider-Man film, do not watch this stream because we are going to spoil the shit out of this movie. Like there's no holding back, okay? So if you haven't seen it, you know, come back, come and watch this after, you know, when we get back, okay? When you when you get back from seeing it. Come and come and watch it. That's important. So. <laughs> um yeah. What else can I tell you while we wait for Nate Dog? There he is. There's the Nate Dog. Let's see him. How do I sound? Oh, amazing. So much better. So much better. Can you do me one last favor? Tilt your phone horizontally, if you can. There you are. Oh, my God. Look at this guy. Look at this guy. All right. We're going to restart the show right now because Nate Dogg is here.
1: All right. Headphone wire issues.
0: That's okay. But you sound much better. You don't sound like a How do I sound? Ah, you sound much better good okay okay ready yeah all right we're starting the show right now spider-man spider-man time for us to talk about spider-man because we gotta talk about spider-man that's what we're doing we're talking spider-man look out it's time to talk about (laughs) spider-man okay um so you you contacted me and you were like yo you got to watch spider-man immediately like do it now yeah
1: um and i For will tell you reason. why i did that For cause good reason yeah. I, I i'll tell you a story to explain why i did that um i remember when we saw endgame together yeah it was like the day after your second kid was born And you were explaining to me that you really needed to see that movie as soon as possible (laughs) in order to be able to safely graze the internet without being spoiled. Right. And we all know how that movie ended, you know, with the brave, noble sacrifices of lovable characters like, you know, Black Widow and, of course, Tony Stark. Right. So this movie... Is was kind of like the first Avengers-level event we've had on screen since then. And I'm like, yeah, yes. Jeff's going to need to see this as soon as possible. Yes. I mean, here's the thing. This
0: is... And these are really... This, this segues right into my opening remarks here. You know, we live in a post-Endgame world. How do you... How do you top a movie... How do you top a movie... That basically is predicated on twenty-two other movies before it, and flawlessly executes like a a, a perfect synergy of of those twenty-two films into you know a final you know uh, period on the end of a very 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 long run on sentence, and you know they just I, I mean they did Kevin and you know the whole team Kevin Feige and all the whole team they did it. They really did it. What's up, Dr. Derpy? Welcome hey. to the show. Um, they managed to do it. And then I'm watching this, I'm going, holy crap. Like, this is the only way. This is the only way that you can, you know, possibly top endgame. And I don't I don't even think you could really top endgame. I think Endgame, it's like our senses have been so brutalized by Endgame that it's like this is the only thing you could do because this is a brand this is brand new ground, comic book ground that they're breaking yeah. open. You know? Oh, perfect. Amy just finished watching it. Well, now we are your emotional movie.
1: support friends <laughs> to help you process this movie.
0: Yes. Yes. It it it's um it's definitely leaves you with a little bit of a hangover. It's a little sad. I know that you're kind of, you must be angry because I I actually thought of you while watching this because I immediately thought of No
1: Extra Day, of one more day. Yes,
0: one more day. So
1: let me let me talk about my sort of love hate relationship with. Um, Go ahead. With uh, with comic book writing. Go um, ahead. Way way back in two thousand six, Marvel did their Civil War event. This oh, yes. was the Civil War story. For those of you who don't know, this was the Civil War story that inspired the Civil War movie right but it's not a perfect one to one interpretation you see in this in this storyline the government wants all superheroes to register and work for them you know whether they're avengers or not mm-hmm. and peter parker takes the most unsuspecting turn you would expect him to take he decides he's going to not just register but he's going to hold a press conference that Tony Stark throws for him. He's going to attend this press conference as Spider-Man and take off his mask and identify himself to the world. He's going to be a poster boy. He's the poster boy for what is known as the initiative. Exactly. He becomes the poster boy. Now, he eventually becomes very disenchanted with this movement he's supporting because, among other reasons, he discovers that those who stand against the initiative are just being jailed without... Uh, Try without any charges or trial, um, so he s- switches sides. And- right, you
0: have the cap- that's where the whole Captain America is on one side and Iron Man's
1: on the other side. And this is also yes. the birth of the Iron Spider suit comes from exactly Civil War. Um, so yeah. exactly, but more than more than that, you know, at this point he has left the Avengers. He has forfeit any protection that Tony Stark and the Avengers could afford his family, his right. wife Mary Jane, and his aunt May. And eventually, the, Peter Parker's personal story arc ends with, uh, with an assassination attempt orchestrated by the Kingpin. right? And the bullet, Peter dodges the bullet, but it hits Aunt May. And... In the ensuing, the ensuing story after that, Back in Black, was some of my favorite writing. It really explored right. Peter's dark side in a way that um, I feel I have it sitting, Sam Raimi I have it Sitting failed. right over there, yeah. yeah, yeah. I feel Sam Raimi failed to really put anything close to that on screen in Spider-Man Three, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Um, but then you get to One More Day, and at this oh. point. Peter has taken his revenge against the Kingpin. He it is has frustrating. He basically sent a message to all of his enemies that if anybody makes another move on his family, he's going to kill them. And, he's, and if Aunt May dies, he's going to come back to that prison and kill the Kingpin right then and there. Right. Then you get to one more day, which is him desperately trying everything that he can to prevent Aunt May from dying. Now, Yeah, it's really stupid. Yeah. Now, for those of (laughs) you who don't, now, if any of you are living under a rock and you don't know Peter Parker's mantra, it's this. With great power comes great responsibility. Another way to translate that is our actions have consequences. And I felt as a reader, as I was reading this storyline, I just thought, let her die. Just let her die. This is the perfect way to make him pay for the dumbest mistake that Peter Parker could ever make. You know, I know it's comic books. I know that nobody stays dead forever, and I'm totally okay with her being resurrected somehow in a few years. But for now, let her die. Let this sting, and let this sting stay with him for a while. So here's the thing.
0: And yes, that's like the source material that Nate Nate uh, uh, Nate is coming at this from the source material angle. But Nate, is, Nate once said to me probably the greatest thing about Spider Man, like the core character of Spider-Man.
1: Um, Nate, why don't you actually say it? Do you remember what you yeah. said to me? Um, you remember it better, but basically it was what Peter Parker wants and what Spider Man needs to do are two polar opposites of each other. And in yes. every good adaptation of the character, you see that you see that conflict.
0: Yeah, the core of the character. Yeah, that that blew my mind when Nate said that to me one day. Basically, what Peter Parker wants and what Spider-Man want are never the same thing. They are always in conflict with each other. And Peter Par- what makes Peter Parker the hero that he is is that he always chooses what Spider-Man wants or what Spider-Man's duty should be over what he wants as Peter Parker. And they... They did such a good job of exploring this core theme of the character um in this in this home trilogy we'll call it the 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 homecoming trilogy yes. you know um they did such a good job just sort of like exploring this theme and this third film is like the ultimate surmization. They use the the worst the one more day storyline that I hate so much as well. I don't i it's it irks me. It didn't yes. make me stop reading Spider-Man at that point, but it does irk me, um, especially when I look at it from, you know, watching the cinematic
1: adaptation of it. Yeah. I'm just kind of like,
0: I'm like, this is and, and so And for a people mess- who don't know,
1: we yeah. should say that it's because of the way that the One More Day storyline ended. The whole point of that, the final moments right. of that storyline have Peter Parker making a deal with Mephisto. He right. He's like a, a Satan, like Lucifer he's, type yeah. character. Yeah, he's a demon. To save Aunt May but at the cost of his marriage to Mary Jane, like it would be just erased from existence. Yeah. And that was literally the whole point of that story arc. It was to find a way to break up Peter Parker and Mary Jane.
0: Although I will say they do a much better job. I mean, they made it make, they made that, they made his choice make a lot more sense in this movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah like in oh, this movie his it choice works. makes much more sense because yeah. he has to he can't let his stupid he can't let his stupid choices screw up the entire plane Multiverse. of existence
0: yeah. yeah so it's like so it actually and then like i said he you know he his he starts off the movie very self-seeking in terms of just wanting the his him and his buddies him and his girlfriend and his buddy to be at MIT together. And it ends with him basically sacrificing what he wants for the good of the world, for the good of his friends. He sees that his friends, I mean <laughs> we're already jumping to the end of the movie, but like he sees his friends are happy, are happy and content now that they don't remember all the Spider-Man stuff. And he's just content to just sort of and basically the trilogy, this this trilogy of films ends up becoming Spider-Man's origin story really in the mcu they just announced they're going to be doing a new trilogy and it makes sense because well now we can go into it
1: you know yeah well we'll see where it goes from here but we don't know what who will who that spider-man will be no it's tom holland it's been confirmed it's tom holland for three All more right. movies. Have you seen that have you seen him say that though because he's not sure what is what his future looks like with the they, MCU.
0: This was announced uh 2 weeks ago that hmm. he is like hands down he's there for a whole another trilogy and that and then I guess they would pass it down to Miles Morales who's the the ultimate Spider-Man uh at some point but you know, in addition to doing no no uh, one more day, in addition to doing like multiverse stuff, they're also they're kind of they kind of did this adaptation of into the Spider Verse live yes. action because they saw that it works so well. And here's the thing: here's what Spider Man does. Here's what Spider Man No Way Home does so well, like so brilliantly. It besides the fact that it's like again going back to our initial question: how the hell? do you how how do you up the ante after uh avengers infinity war and avengers Endgame? you friggin melt people's minds and sort of do a one-up on dc who's like oh we're bringing back michael keaton as batman in the flash (laughs) they're like oh that's cute and bringing us every incarnation live action of Peter? Oh, hold on! Hold on! Stop! Stop! Okay. Stop! Sorry!
1: Sorry! Sorry! I, we should absolutely advise anybody watching this who intends to go out and buy a ticket. I already um, told them. I said okay. but it's.
0: Everybody knows this are spoilers. The, okay, it's but on we, the we really thunder. think that
1: the the biggest spoilers of all, um, stuff yes. that was not even hinted at in the trailer, we're getting into right now. Yes. Yes.
0: Uh, basically, basically, it's like, hey, let's. Let's just like blow Endgame and DC and everybody out of the water by like incorporating every previous version of Spider-Man Peter Parker as multiverse versions. And and on top of it, you know, everybody's not happy with how either one of those um, franchises ended every or sorry, not French. Yeah, franchise. Like, what would you call them? The uh, storylines storylines. Nobody was happy with the amazing Spider-Man. Nobody no. was happy with Spider-Man 3, um, uh, with Sam Raimi's Spider-Man 3. And now here's an opportunity to not only tie up the final film in the Homecoming trilogy, but we're going to put a bow on Amazing Spider-Man, and we're going to put a bow on Sam Raimi's Spider-Man trilogy. We are going to wrap yeah. up. Everything that has to do with Spider-Man is wrapped up perfectly. Like in the most meaningful, cathartic way, right down to and this is the the part was there any part that brought tears to your eyes or made you emotional? There was one part that did it for me.
1: Um there were quite a few. Um okay. I, I think I, I think just right out the bat, um, you know, the the returns of, you know, Norman Osborne Doc Ock. Okay. Um, you know, I I could there are I loved the the first two Spider-Man movies. I don't think they're perfect, but I do think the villain portrayals Spider-Man were too is very so good. we very spot on. Yeah, they're so great. So, you have that. The second thing was also just the return of um the returns of Andrew Garfield. Oh my god. <laughs> um, cuz he was my favorite Spider-Man actor and if he had better Me too. Me if too. If he had better scripts, he could probably have made his way into the MCU um, as Best the mainline Peter Parker Spider-Man. Dude,
0: he was—he looks—he so looks like Peter Parker to me. Like he is the yeah. live-action version of Peter Parker. It was such they a perfect him, casting.
1: And I definitely feel like they used the Ultimate Spider-Man universe as his frame of reference for the as the frame of reference for his character, which is my favorite incarnation of Peter Parker.
0: I read a lot we, of Ultimate Spider Man, all the way up to, to trade paperback twenty two or twenty-three. So
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was also the Spider Man universe that birthed Miles Morales. Right. They kill
0: they eventually kill
1: off Peter Parker and yes. Miles Morales and becomes the As one. a side note, I stopped reading after that because I felt like I lost my best friend and I needed to time to actually process that before I could even look at Miles Morales. I That's actually how stopped memorable of a character that was, you know what happened? I lost, I, I
0: lost, I sort of lost track. And then I heard that they killed off Peter Parker and I decided to stop reading because I just, yeah, Peter Parker is Spider-Man to me. I don't I, like, I have no problem with Miles Morales, but there's just some things there are just some things that are so etched in stone. And Spider Man is Peter Parker. Peter Parker is Spider Man. I know we've had different versions, and I know they're valid, but there's just something about like redoing the origin from the beginning and like having so much vested and only to have it
1: knocked off. Yeah, I don't know. It just I I feel like they could have introduced Miles without killing Peter, but that's neither here nor there. But the other the other two emotional moments for me, yeah. Um, and and not even not with not including Anyways, of course the much much well-deserved return of toby Maguire. yeah that was cool um, that was so that, that was that, very cool. blue it blew my fucking mind to see the three like, of them together i cannot Holy stress crap. this enough um i remember i was watching a twitch stream with uh some friends run by some friends of mine and they took a break from the game that they were playing to live watch the final spider-man far from home trailer yeah. and at that point they confirmed five all five villains yeah and there was and they were speculating as to whether or not uh you know mcguire and garfield were going to be in it and my thinking was okay we're this close to the release date and if they're not confirming if they're not confirming that toby Maguire and andrew garfield are in this movie they're not in this movie because this is the kind of thing you would want people to know to put people to get people to buy tickets you know, they, that, they wanted I, I was thinking I, purely from a from a business standpoint. So the surprise was glorious. I also glorious. ate a lot of crow last night. Well, right, because you really didn't think it was gonna happen. I really genuinely believe because I was thinking purely from a business point from a business standpoint. Garfield actually said on Twitter, he's like, guys,
0: I just want to let you know I'm not in the new Spider-Man film. Exactly. He like straight up lying. They literally he had these it, yeah. people
1: lying. To yeah. the public, you know, saying to the public, "No, it's not happening." So, <laughs> yeah, it was really. And you can't it, blame them.
0: You can't friggin' blame them either. Like you can't even be mad about it because I, I, mean, I can't be mad
1: about it. I'm just impressed. I'm yeah. just impressed that they were able to keep this secret. Of this movie, so closely guarded. Yes, Doctor Derpy, that's exactly what was happening in our, yep. in, in my theater. We were all cheering and
0: clapping, Doctor Derpy. It was, it was so radical. It, it was so radical. I don't know if Amy is still watching. Amy, what was the reaction in your theater when you when you saw it? Were people clapping and, and cheering? I, I I was I was just I was bereft. For me, I loved the Amazing Spider Man. I did, I loved. Emma Jane Emma Jane. no Emma Stone Emma Stone. I loved Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy, and I yeah. loved her and her relationship with uh Peter Parker and the chemistry that they had and I I was shipping that hard and and let me tell you when they did they they recreated a very, very famous iconic storyline when Gwen Stacy famously dies, in yeah. in, in Spider-Man lore. But Spider-Man the thing 121. Is, right. And she dies at the hands of the goblin. But what happens is she's falling, and just like in the in the in Amazing Spider-Man 2, she's falling, and Peter Parker's not sure. She she basically Peter Parker catches her with his web and, and the, saves her from from, from, f- from the impact. Flat. Right. But in the process, the whiplash, he and you know, he spends years afterwards doing the math in his head, trying to like come to the a proper conclusion what killed Gwen Stacy. And it's knowing the the ultimate truth, I think, that that it was his web slinging that that caused a whiplash in her body and ultimately killed her. And yeah, so And they
1: recreated that in Amazing Spider Man Two.
0: And they do it and sensationally, but we never got part three.
1: And we never got part three um, for very st- for a very stupid uh, reason, I think uh, Andrew Garfield just refused, just didn't show up at some event for event for investors, and Sony just fired him on the spot. Is that really what happened? That is what I've heard happened. He I did- thought it was th- Kevin Feige who was like, "Look, no, no, do- no, like at at this point, because remember, it's 2014, mm. Amazing Spider-Man Two made hundreds of millions of dollars." Sony is moving full ahead with uh, their Sinister Six spinoff.
0: Yeah, they wanted – right, right. That was – what was at the end of, of Spider-Man 2? They wanted – Yeah, the
1: end of the, of Spider-Man 2 teases a Sinister – you know, the rise right. of Sinister Six. Right. Um, but we never got that because Andrew Garfield was a no-show at this event, and Sony very stupidly, without a plan to go forward, fired him. After that – um i was so frustrated
0: know. i was like you're not gonna give us the third film you're just gonna let her die like that and
1: that's just yeah. it like, like what the hell I, I and to give you another yes how dumb sony has been remember you you know why toby mcguire always makes jokes on screen about as peter parker about his back right Because you know he hurt sc- yes because he hurt his back no. no 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 it's not just that he hurt his back he argued that doing a lot of the physical acting Hurt his, in Spider-Man 1 hurt his back and he was holding out for more money for Spider-Man 2 which I think he deserved yeah. but he didn't do it in a well enough way he argued that his back was hurting and for a short time Tobey Maguire was actually recast with
0: oh, Jake Gyllenhaal that's so that would have been bizarre man I, that would have so, been so, bizarre I, they, know, I really that like would have killed
1: stuff. Spider-Man 2 I really think if your leading actor isn't was just unceremoniously Recast. fired like that.
0: Yeah, it wouldn't but, it wouldn't have worked. But, but here's yeah. the thing. So so after that happens with Andrew Garfield to have him not only in this movie but have a chance but save AJ and uh, not AJ MJ yeah. MJ he, he saves, saves her
1: MJ he he saves her when MCU Peter
0: can't right and what's amazing about it though is he does it in a different way as if he. And this is this was so As, subtle. Like that he must have rehearsed it in his mind a hundred thousand times. Yeah, like, like, what did, did I do wrong that caused her to die? And so he catches her and then throws the web instead of just throwing the web and letting her bounce and, and whiplash. So he essentially alters the tactic. Uh, and saves MJ from the same fate. And for me, it was like a catharsis and completion of his character arc. Everybody
1: got that, even uh, Tobey Maguire, you know? Like, I will point... Like, one thing I do want to point out here is that the the characters that are brought to this universe because of the spell that Peter and Doctor Strange mess up, they are not brought they are brought over here from different points in their timelines as well, because that's the, because right, Norman yes. Osborn dies at the end of Spider-Man one. Right. Um, so that's the only way that he, and that's the only plausible way. So that means that the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man that we got is one that probably had years, probably like right. it's been seven years since amazing Spider-Man two. I'm going to say that he probably spent those seven years yeah. thinking about how he could have saved what happened and how he could have saved Gwen and what he would do if he had a second chance.
0: And Tobey Maguire ends up with his MJ in the future and they have a family and whatnot. It was just, it it was, and and i got to tell you the, 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 uh, just the dialogue, the scenes, everything was so well written. The, 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 the levity between the three Peter Parkers, it was just, it was so fun. It was so perfect. These films, and I gotta tell you, every like, all Star Wars trilogies should look like the Spider-Man Home Trilogy. All superhero films should do should have uh should take a note from the precedent that has now been set by No Way Home. And what is that? It's the thing that spy- that that comic books do all the time. They self-reference a rich history and do all sorts of like in. You know, in continuity throwbacks, and we got that with the MCU, obviously, to to a a, a great degree. But yeah, this was this, this yeah this Sorry, movie.
1: But this movie, as you point out, yeah, it does all that. It celebrates twenty years of Spider-Man films. That it is does. the crazy thing. It does. Next man. year will mark 20, 20 years, years of Spider-Man oh on the silver screen.
0: Oh my god! And they did it. They. They brought all of them back. They tied up all the storylines. Like, I don't think anybody, after coming out of No Way Home, there's nobody that feels bad about The Amazing Spider-Man anymore. There's nobody that feels bad about Spider-Man 3 anymore. Like, everybody, everything yeah. was set right. That's what, so it's like, it. this film the, um, took <laughs> such opportunities to sort of wrap everything up in such a perfect bow and leave it open for the future. Like, it just was, what a, what a masterstroke.
1: Yeah, because what this movie does right, and and it's something that I feel that every Spider-Man movie um, overlooks, you know, between like um, Spider-Man and Amazing Spider-Man, they, this movie acknowledges that those villains were victims of bad things that happened to them.
0: Ah, here's where we're going to disagree. I okay, go
1: ahead, finish your statement, and then I have I have because to say. like. It, because, with the exception, maybe with the exception of Norman Osborn, everyone else was got caught up in something right um that they might that they weren't you know um doc octopus had this had an experiment go wrong, and it messed and it messed him up, but he was trying to do good in the world with that experiment um the Sandman just you know it was just a victim of a freak accident. You can say, you know, you can say the same about also Electro, Um, you know, just falling into just accident, you know, accidents and, or just bad, you know, or just doing good things or just trying to do good only to have it turn out badly. So So in that sense, yeah. yeah, they're kind of victims of their own, you know, of, of their own misfortune
0: this was the worst part of the movie for me it was it was um for me it it, it was almost like it was it almost was groan inducing and here's what here's what no way home has taught me it has taught me that you can have a seriously groan inducing um plot point that just totally it for me, again, feel felt so hamfisted and unnecessary and like just t- a, a waste of time to an extent, um that you can still you could do so much cool shit and have a really dumb plot point like that, and the the cool shit overrides the dumb plot point and still makes it a fucking flawless film. I hated. That they were trying to cure the villains. I didn't need that at all. I didn't need it. I didn't need to see them. It should just be like, like give me more. <laughs> Peter Parker's trying to stop their villains. That's all I need. Don't give me, oh, we have to cure these villains. Because you want to know something? I didn't buy it. I Peter Parker... He may be young and they keep referring to that. You know, Stephen Strange keeps saying that over and over again. Oh, I keep forgetting you're a young, you're a dumb young kid or something like that. Yeah,
1: he's young. He's idealistic. And right. he hasn't been jaded to the point where he would happily give up on right. trying to reason with, um, you know, yeah, but he knows with what's somebody. at stake.
0: So here's the thing. He is not he is now unlike his his spider brethren. He has fought an intergalactic war, where everything was at where half of the universe was at stake. He knows all about the bigger picture, and this is uh you know they take it to another level with this isn't just one universe. This is the multiverse. That like there's no way that Peter Parker, um there's no way that Peter Parker doesn't see see things from Strange's side, especially after what happened. Especially after the sacrifices that Tony Stark made in order for them to
1: all live, Tony had to die for everybody to live. Yeah, but and, Tony Stark sacrificed his own life. It, right. gets, it, it certainly gets and feels much more messy when you have to, liter, when you have to look five people in the eye and yeah, say, this, "Sorry, this you got to die for their universe to save." Yeah, but no, no, old. no.
0: But this was their—they th- were faded. This was their karma, and this was their fate. That this was this stuff had happened already, it just it just didn't work for me. I I just it you know what would have been far more interesting if maybe um maybe you had just Doctor Octopus like cure himself like because he has that redemptive arc at the end of Spider Man Two, which also I think is the one blemish on Spider Man Two. I I never was down with his his change. He has this this turn on a dime change of heart at the end of Spider-Man 2 that I always kind of rolled my eyes at even even though I thought Spider-Man 2 was nigh flawless I mean I thought it was just absolutely flawless except for that one little part but I mean why not have Doc Ock have that same sort of you know mindset and then be the scientist that he is and cure his fellow brethren so that they go back to their universes it just felt weird and ham-fisted and unnecessary that it's Peter Parker doing this when he knows what's at stake because you know Doc Ock is not thinking about those kinds of stakes that you know those Spider-Mans their worlds were very small they don't come from worlds where there's Avengers and Thanos is. they come from and, and you know especially Tobey Maguire he's got like this city-wide world meaning that his world is literally New York City and that's it and and you know what else was interesting, too? I, I thought that we were going to get, because, you know, obviously J.K. Simmons was the original Jane Jonah Jameson in the first Raimi trilogy, and then he came back. I thought there would be some sort of acknowledgement that he was – something about how he's the same in both universes. It doesn't yeah, matter. Yeah, they never – they never. I guess they couldn't fit it or in. Or they the cut movie. it. Maybe they cut cut it for time. Yeah. But I just find it weird. It feels like such like a, a an omission of something that's so obvious.
1: But yeah, I mean, there's because I, I wouldn't be surprised if that scene where like all three of them are comparing notes, you know, about what right. you know about the you know about the constants in their in their personal journeys. Right. I wouldn't be surprised if they just cut it for time. You're probably right. That's I mean that's probably what happened and. You know,
0: I want to see the extended version of this film if it comes out. I don't know if they're going to have an extended one, but
1: um, I I I just... There is an extended version of uh, Far From Home, if you Oh, is there really? I did not know that. Did you know that, like, during its theatrical run... You remember, like, there was this um, sequence that was teased in the trailer where, like, where the Iron Spider breaks up um, a police, you know, uh, breaks up an armed robbery... In like a club or something, and the, and the cop asks "Hey, you're gonna be the iron, new Iron Man?" And he says, "No, I'm too busy doing your job." That was part of a whole sequence of events um, I didn't realize that. that was that was cut out from the beginning of that movie. I did not um, realize that. But they actually, but they actually um, put that version of the film in theaters towards the end of uh, its theatrical run so i can confirm that there is an extended cut of uh so hopefully they'll have
0: home. hopefully they will will have a, an extended cut of no way home with even more yeah. stuff jam-packed in it you know and even like another thing that was weird another these are nitpicks I, again i i give it I, I give it you know uh five stars out of five stars they do i really do even with those flaws But another thing that was weird was the characterization of the villains. They were not the same as they were in their respective movies. They were all kind of different. And, you know, I don't know. There was just like, there were like little dialogue things that kind of got to me a little bit. Like, again, I kept like telling myself, Jeff, shut the fuck up. Like, they brought back Alfred Molina. Like, you can't complain. You literally can't complain about anything because it's just... There's just so much great stuff. Like I said, the only thing that I would have either cut or tweaked around a little bit would have been the the whole needing to cure villains and, you know, Mary uh, Aunt May being like, oh, everybody's good inside. And, you know, like you never really yeah, like, see much of her in like her background that she like works in the soup kitchen type place. It just felt like it was a little, you know, um, forced. Yeah, her is
1: philanthropy all. is definitely like I, – I don't want to say it's shoehorned in, but it's, this is the first time That's that we I mean. actually see what she does.
0: And we don't need we – never, we never needed it in the previous two films. And I'll, I will say one last thing I will say about all this is you definitely get a sense of the – there's a diminishing return of the John Hughes factor. What makes the Homecoming trilogy so brilliant is the – Beautiful fusion of John Holmes' teenage angst with Spider-Man Superman superhero antics. And we get the perfect amount of that, the perfect like blending of that in Homecoming, which to me is I don't think that film has a bad bone in its body. I think it's a flawless film. It's perfect. Like it's a perfect movie. And then Far From Home, you get a little bit less. You still have it, but it's a little bit less. And then this one, it's, you know, again, the MIT thing is probably the close the most we get of that. And it feels almost kind of like, you know, what happens is when you get all the, the villains and the Spider-Men, everything else that's that, that they're trying to spin in the plot sort of goes by the wayside because all you care exactly. about is this. And that's you know, why, so why I... have it,
1: you know? I mean, some of it was, like – I guess some of it was just for a little comic relief to, like, you know, show how this has upended Peter's life to the point where he can't even go to school without his teachers rolling out the red carpet for him, that he's got his, you know, oh, yeah. his douchebag uh, rival Flash Thompson pretending to be his best friend. Oh, so you know, great. That Betty was Betty awesome. Brandt, you know, <laughs> making a whole, you know – Doing dedicating the school news team to covering Peter Parker's first day back at school like she's a two-bit tabloid reporter. That stuff was funny. And it it certainly does serve to set up Peter's, you know, frustration. I think what would have made his desperation to come to Doctor Strange a little better, and this is going to tie into one of my gripes about the movie, which is that you had five – Villains who were mainstays on the Sinister Six, and you couldn't get a sixth, um, and because this is what I would have wanted well, that's, to have seen—that's Venom. That forget Venom for a moment. Yeah. Um, you know, in the at the end of the first Spider-Man movie, Homecoming, you know, we see that Peter has made himself some enemies by busting up this, you know, Vulture's crime ring. Right. You could have either brought back Michael Keaton or you could have brought in Michael Mando, who I think was supposed to be the scorp you know, who was oh who I think was supposed to be teased at being the scorpion somewhere down the line as sort of a villain from this world and complete that and give us the sinister six. And you could have done that by literally having him make some sort of attempt on Peter Parker's life, because now everybody knows who Spider-Man is. And there are a lot of people who would love to take a shot at Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, I I feel like, like those are, those are two gripes with my two gripes with the movie. I think, I think
0: as time goes on, I'll have more, my gripes will be, feel more justified. It's like right now, and I think for, and I think they knew that. Like they knew that when they were making this movie. Like nobody can complain about this movie because we literally did the coolest thing ever. Like you can't complain because they did the coolest thing ever. And it sets a precedent for superhero movies going forward in terms of this is what we started to talk about before. It sets a precedent in that Now, we can go back and refer to previous incarnations, you know, of of heroes or that, like, we don't have to be like, I. you know what who really comes to mind? I think about like the X-Men, like I think about like the MCU and I think about this film and I think about like whatever the MCU does with the X-Men, because they're going to rebuild the X-Men, they're going to rebuild Fantastic Four. And I just like. Like forget about the Avengers. We've had enough of the Avengers. Now bring us into the bring in these other two um, holy trinity in the holy trinity that makes up the Marvel universe. You have the Avengers, you have the X
1: Men, and you have the Fantastic Four. Right? Like those are the three branches. And now that Disney owns Fox, they can bring back the Avenger, the uh, the X Men, and Fantastic Four. So.
0: Let's so give the Avengers a rest. You know, you can even give Spider-Man a little bit of a rest for for a few moments, and and start like uh, uh, give us a breakout X-Men film that really, you know, give us a new Wolverine. You know, everybody's gonna want to see Wolverine, so it's like you got to put Wolverine at the center of it of things, and you know, I don't know, maybe make them maybe make them extra young. You know, I don't yeah, know, but and, keep and Deadpool. Just, yeah, well, Deadpool has to be Ryan Reynolds, and that'll. Yeah, he's the only guy. You know, Deadpool. Deadpool is so self-aware that he even knows that he's in a comic book. So you Exa- know, like, yeah, that's part of his powers, his his awareness powers. Uh, Deadpool too was just so great. It, it was really, really something else. Yeah, uh, I, I like the negasonic teenage warhead too. Yeah, I think keep Deadpool,
1: awesome. keep his supporting cast, but yeah, give us new X. But give, uh, give us new mainline X Men.
0: Yeah, just like just just, you know, recast everybody and just start over. And same thing with, you know, I did a whole video about who I would cast for the Fantastic Four and had some pretty radical ideas.
1: I'll you through it
0: again, man. um, Off the top of my head, uh, Sterling Brown from This Is Us, black guy who plays Randall. I love him. Make him Mr. Fantastic. Straight up right every time that, i watched used perfect. to watch i used to watch this is us with my wife and i'd always watch randall and i was like god that's the black mr fantastic right there like just make him mr fantastic he's he, great I,
1: yeah he's great um you know it would definitely be a much longer role than um you know what he had in black panther Oh, that's right. He is in Black Panther. But he was he was man. Killmonger's father, if I recall correctly.
0: Yeah, you could you could you could recap. I mean, that's okay. That that that's we've we've had that sort. Of, I mean, look at Chris Evans, right? <laughs> so, you yeah, know. Chris Evans. Um. Yeah, but I would uh, then I would have. Oh God, who else did I have? Oh, Adam Sandler as the thing. Crazy, I know, but like, I could totally see Adam Sandler be like. <laughs> I had like Adam Sandler's the thing. I had um so if it was the 90s this is a little fan casting. Barbara Crampton as Sue Storm uh if it was the 90s. Um who did I have in the Oh, uh from Game of Thrones, Cersei as as uh Sue Storm. Um John Esposito from Breaking Bad as uh Doctor Doom. That's that was my Doctor Doom. Um Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, I have I don't remember the exact list. They did a whole hour long video about casting Fantastic Four, but I just I I just I'm like I'm ready for that to sort of come out now. I'm very happy with the Spider Man trilogy overall. Yes, I'm heartbroken. I loved first of all. I love MJ in um in in this Homecoming trilogy. I think she oh yeah, is, Zendaya
1: was amazing.
0: Yeah is that how you pronounce it zendaya, she zendaya is, or
1: zendaya
0: i'm zendaya. not sure she she is if i have
1: it wrong i apologize she
0: she is just she is something else man she's great she's so great she's so she is like she's so funny and quirky and awesome and it was so she's so different from every sort of mary jane that we've seen both animated and live action otherwise yeah. so it's like it was really cool to see them go in a completely different direction and Um, But it made me sad that they didn't end up together, because they're just such a great couple. Although they're they're a couple in real life, I
1: guess, right? They are a couple in real life, but... That's um, wonderful. No, I I kind of agree that it should, you know, I, I think it should have ended with the button being pushed to send them all back, as opposed to, you know, having Strange cast a spell. Because I kind of feel like, you know, even because I kind of feel like the one thing that I'm not sure how I felt about was to have Peter Parker literally lose everything at the end. That he would have, you know, that he would have no... He literally loses loses
0: everything. He literally loses everything, except for one thing.
1: What did he not lose?
0: He He didn't lose Spider-Man. Right. Spider-Man is the only thing that he... That he doesn't lose, he keeps Spider Man. What's up, Ballad of the Broken? We got David hey, Lee Raff in the in the audience as well. Ballad just left the theater. He was yeah, dude. Ballad, I we were just talking about it. I I choked up when when he saves when Andrew Garfield saves um, MJ. I I absolutely was for I By the way, there's the meme of the spider of of three Spider Men all pointing to each other, and they do that in the fucking. Movie, you see them all like talking at the Statue of Liberty pointing at each other. By the way, the Statue of Liberty has the Captain America shield, which is
1: really great. I hated nice... that. Uh, it I, I mean, like, I, I understand, touch. I understand what they were thinking in terms of in the in the universe, but like, I was glad to see that shield get destroyed.
0: Yeah, they, but that's the, but that's the point. Like, they acknowledge in movie how ridiculous it is by destroying the shield. Like, yeah, you know, uh, and then you know, the other thing too is like the whole like the the, the whole um ne- again just to go back to this last point cuz it made me think of the end when when um Toby Maguire when Toby Maguire saves green goblin from being killed that was his kind of like redemption like they each had a redemption you know and yeah. i don't know if like i don't know if it's something that he needed redemption for but it was like he got to fix yeah, no, it kind of was. Well, that kind of
1: that—that's what I was saying earlier. That it's like, you know, Norman Osborn may not have been the greatest human being, but he certainly did not. You know, he certainly had he not drunk. You know, tested that formula on himself, he would not have gone on that on those rampages that he went on as Green Goblin. He would not have. You know, killed his entire board of directors and. And terrorize so many people, right? But but
0: that's not what I'm referring to. I'm referring to the fact that that Tobey Maguire, in a way, like almost blamed himself or f- feels it's been a while since I've seen the first Spider-Man. Yeah, film. no,
1: he feels guilty that he could not have stopped Green Goblin without killing him because right? He, Doesn't he do a know, flip? Ha- Doesn't
0: he? He does a flip that causes the glider to to ram yes, into. Yes, like
1: if you remember the you know the Gwen you know after the death of Gwen Stacy he confronts the goblin again that's in, in the comics they actually recreated the first death of Norman Osborn in Spider-Man like right. and, then, getting, and then
0: James Franco goes you killed my you killed my dad
1: yeah like James yeah like like the whole thing is you know it re, it puts a huge strain on his friendship with Harry right and, and so, it, so- Yes. Yeah. Sorry. Go so ahead. it's like you know, it cost Peter so much not being able to save Norman Osborn and not being able to help him because it cost him, it cost him his friendship and it also hurt his relationship with Mary Jane down the road in Spider Man three. So you know, that
0: is, but that is what I mean when I say that that's his redemption arc because because Tom Holland goes to kill him with the Goblin glider the same because. Because the goblin basically killed uh, Aunt May in the same kind of way, and yeah. then, and then it's Tobey Maguire who stops it. So both Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire atone for things that they feel guilty about, or like set the wrong thing right. And they're both these great moments of catharsis. Yeah. And it goes to show I- you that if you could have a great moment of catharsis, if you have these big like redemptive arcs or whatever that you can have dumb shit in your movie and it's no one's going to care. Like, yeah, and,
1: and, and to add to that moment, because I just want to point out here, it's yeah. not Tobey Maguire who administers the cure to Norman Osborne. It's Tom Holland. Right. Um, right. You know, like Tobey Maguire tosses it to, to Tom Holland um, as sort of this silent plea, like, no, don't kill him. Please do this. And it's also just as cathartic right. to see to see Tom Holland in the end do the right thing, not you know sink down to it, the Goblin's level. Yeah, um,
0: Ballad says here. I also really love the way they handled the great power comes great responsibility quote. Yeah. and we we were talking about this earlier. The uh, Ballad. This is what this is the core, and they really they really just go to the core. They they do it in the whole trilogy, but. Peter Parker wants what whatever Peter Parker wants is the opposite of what Spider-Man wants. And Peter Parker is always left with the choice to pick what Peter Parker wants or to pick what Spider-Man wants. And he will always pick what Spider-Man wants because he's a hero and, he's, and he has no choice. And it, that is what is aligned with what you're saying right here about uh with great power comes great responsibility i don't know we just got an alarm that went off from um dire i don't know if that's uh what that
1: uh, oh that was that was at my home my sister just walked in um from the outside
0: no no um, no. I, i'm talking about on i ha- sorry i got an alert i i set up these these stream lab alerts on my uh, uh streaming okay software right. and i and i just got that alert so thank you thank you dire uh for whatever that was i can't i still haven't figured it out i don't know what's happening when that happens i think it's a su- su- subscription when people subscribe i get uh, that well if alert. that's the case thank you yes thank you i, I I'm, I'm not sure um but yeah so so that's i mean i honestly i don't know where they're going to go for the next four five six moves what well, we do we know the the symbiote's going to come into play you know venom's going to come into play and they're going to get a chance to sort of redo the that, you know, and we'll see we'll see what happens there. I would like to see frankly, I would wouldn't mind seeing again, put the avengers toys down, like leave them down where they are for for now. Let's see Spider-Man make some cameo appearances in the Fantastic 4 movie and x-men stuff like you could just weave them in wherever have them pop up sony please say yes well i don't think i i we know that he's going to be back for another trilogy as for other other films we who knows
1: but all right well the the thing is is because remember there is a share there was a shared um agreement because remember sony holds the film rights to spider-man Right. They have always had the right of first refusal for right. anything um, Mar- Marvel Studios proper ever pitched to them. Right. Um. So, you know, obviously there had to be. So when Tom Holland happened, there was a lot of back and forth about what Spider Man could look like in the MCU and what they wanted to make happen, and both si- and both studios had to agree. To everything about Tom Holland's Spider-Man, it wasn't just Kevin Feige um, getting a a blanket green light to do whatever he wanted with the character. Right. Right. So, you know, so obviously, if Spider-Man is going to make any kind of cameos on film, they might need Sony say so, even if it's not Andrew um, Tom Holland showing his face. Right. Or you know, just to have him swinging, you know, web swinging by. So th- so there are some so there are some logistics that need to be worked They'll out, figure it out. Um, Ballad, to answer your question, we yes, we did talk about the
0: ending. Um, yeah. And we we both like the ending. I like the ending, yeah. too. We well, the what we what we said was, uh, if you go back to the beginning of the broadcast, they in, in a nutshell, without rehashing it this the ending is actually comes from a comic book storyline that we both did not like one However, more day right it's called but the one this more movie day. handled yes.
1: that idea better. much
0: better much better and so i was accepting and i because i already knew what it was i wasn't like so like annoyed by it it makes sense and again ultimately they're stripping Pe- they're stripping peter parker down to a a place where he literally has nothing except for spider-man and the thing that he chose he chose spider-man over everything else essentially and he didn't really have a choice because the world would have been destroyed he had to he had to suggest and you know we get stephen strange going well oh, no i don't want to do that to you he's like you don't have a choice man the fabric of yeah. like existence is ripping open because all these people, and I guess you can kind of see the Rhino shadow at one point. The Paul Giamatti, the Rhino, I think was you're was It right. was really really fun. By the way, what a fun, um, a fun little uh, cameo that he did in at the end of Spider Man Two, or was the end of Spider Man One? Uh, amazing. Spider-Man it was. One. It was
1: Amazing Spider Man Two. He had a bit yeah. part at the beginning of that movie, and then in the final movie, right. he emerges as the Rhino.
0: Right. He has like a new. Was he wait, was he the rhino at the beginning of the
1: movie or only at the no, end? No, he wasn't. He was a two bit he was just he was portrayed as a, right. as an ordinary two bit criminal. Right. But in the final scene of the movie, he reemerges as the rhino and it's not Rhino's really so made. Much fun. It's not really made clear how he got there. He, right. he was just a bookend character. I God. Spider Man
0: has the best rogues. He just has such a great rogues gallery. Yeah. Um just the way that Batman has his. Um, I, I think I'm trying to think, is there do you have any final thoughts? I, I feel like I feel like I feel
1: pretty good about um... my final thoughts are is if we never get another Tom Holland appearance, I think this is a great place. To yeah, end. I'm OK with that. It's um, not the happiest place, but it's yeah. a great way to leave off
0: mm-hmm. um, you get the feeling that maybe things are One OK. One big plot hole one big plot hole and then we'll we'll answer your question about it. um one big plot hole is he could have just taken his cell phone with MJ and then just recorded a video of MJ yeah. talking to herself going Peter Parker is your boyfriend your boyfriend is Spider-Man you're about to forget everything like just watch this video and it will all make sense a huge glaring plot
1: hole to me. Huge glaring plot hole. It, it was, yeah. They didn't They didn't think of anything like that. Um, even then, I think it still would have been... I think he still would have ultimately not shown her that video because how do you just show that to somebody?
0: Right, right. But I'm just saying but, that yeah. that would have been a great starting place for, hey, you lost your memory. Watch this video of yourself vouching for everything that I'm saying. So... Um, Nate, let me ask you: Where do you ra- where do you rank all of the Spider Man movies?
1: Okay, um, at the lowest of the totem pole goes Spider Man Three, purely <laughs> well, I... because of how they handled Venom. Unanimous... Venom is my Venom is my favorite villain in right. the entire Marvel universe, and they did him so dirty. Yeah, they did the symbiote arc on Peter Parker so dirty. They did that. Uh, um, and we know why that was, too. But
0: yes, it did.
1: Yeah, and regardless of whatever was happening behind the scenes, it was done badly. And it, it will always, always be on the lower end of the tone. Huge pole. letdown. I, and you know yeah. what's
0: funny? I, I remember what that uh, gearing up for that film and thinking, there's no way this is going to be a bad movie. Like, this is and going it, to be the best one ever. Because look what they're doing. And it, God, what a simple time it was w- with those comic book movies. And yet at the yeah. same time, we were like, holy crap, we finally have Spider-Man.
1: <laughs> yeah. So um, weird but, to think. But Venom is a very nuanced character, and they did him poorly. After yeah. that, um, the next lowest on, next lowest is Amazing Spider-Man 2. And I say that because um, a movie has to be the sum of its parts. And even though the romance between Andrew Garfield's Peter Parker and Emma Stone's Gwen Stacy was great, the rest of the movie needed a lot more polish before it should have been shot. I don't remember in it. Terms, in I terms barely of don't remember it. it was a badly – the plot was just – I just it remember loving their relationship. their relationship.
0: Their relationship was yeah. awesome.
1: Yeah. So after – So it, like I said at the beginning of this, um, Andrew Garfield had bad scripts, and this is why you don't remember anything else but their relationship because right. everything else just wasn't memorable. Right. And had that whole movie been memorable, um, I would have ranked it much higher. Okay. Um, after that, you definitely have um, the first Spider-Man movie with Tobey Maguire, and I place it on my lower end of, on the lower end of my list because Tobey Maguire is a great actor but he had the worst frame of reference for Spider-Man because Sam Raimi gave him the first 40 issues of the amazing Spider-Man comic. And they're not bad, but so much about Spider-Man has evolved in the decades since then that it's not really a good frame of reference for a modern day based Spider-Man movie. Right. Um, So I, I, like again, it's not. This is not a dig at Tobey Maguire. This is. It's because of the creative choices Sam Raimi made. I don't think it's a terrible movie either, but I do think it could have been better had Tobey Maguire been given a more modern frame of reference. Okay. Um, after that, Spider-Man Two. You know, out. We're getting into the better into what I feel are the more enjoyable movies. Spider-Man Two. Toby Maguire, Alfred Molina duking it out. Oh, it was... all over New York City. That... Everything leading up to that. When that came
0: out, we were uh, we were senior, or I was a senior in high school. I think you'd already graduated. I had graduated. That was. I was mesmerized by that movie. Oh my God! <laughs> it was just it, it 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 was it was phenomenal, phenomenal film. Yeah,
1: yeah it, it ticked all the boxes of what a yeah. great action hero movie should be. Haven't after revisited that, them in a long time. Have to yeah, do that. After that, you have The Amazing Spider-Man. Um, okay. You know, the first Andrew Garfield movie, I felt that that was a better movie than Amazing Spider-Man 2 in terms of just how it worked as a movie. Um, I yeah, but The Lizard
0: they... it kind of bummed me out. Like, the villains that they used were so such a bummer. Yeah,
1: The Lizard was was kind of a meh villain, but I liked that they were using the ultimate Spider-Man lore as its frame right. of reference. Right. That yes, I really liked. Yes. Um. You know, again, I liked it better because I just feel like it's a much more cohesive story. Fair Um, fair enough. Yeah. Which brings me to um, Spider-Man Far From Home. That's my number three movie. Wow, you have these really ranked. Holy crap. Yeah. I'm going off the top of my head here, but Spider-Man Far From Home is my number three. Um, You know, it's because it has to follow... Uh, Avengers Endgame and right. anybody watching this movie has to have at least seen Avengers Endgame. So it's a great movie. It's a great ride. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal as Quentin Beck is the ultimate con man, both as Mysterio and just both as himself. <laughs> yeah. For um, sure. And I loved that this, that we got conned even more with the scrolls. Um, setting up a setting up secret invasion somewhere down the line. Yeah, but the teenage I, I will say all the, all the teenage stuff
0: like it felt like John Hughes goes on to Europe. Yeah, it, it was adaptation. very much a John it's Hughes so great. movie so with Spider
1: Man. It takes all the boxes, but it gets the number three spot because I feel like you need to know a lot of lore about MCU in order to re- for it to really it. be accessible. I get it. Number two is Spider Man Homecoming. Ooh. Uh, you know, because it's a much simpler movie. It's, it's a very much, simple. It's movie. very simple. It's very easy to just jump Flawless. on and follow Flawless. it. You know, it shows you enough about Civil War and it gives you enough about Peter Parker's quirkiness to really you know to 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 get adjusted to the character as the movie goes. So, and not to mention Michael Keaton is Vulture. So good, you know, playing, you know, that playing in like a Tony's that car scene. You know, he's basically like Tony Soprano, yeah. with a with a vulture thing, and he's great.
0: Trading, uh, trading, um, trading alien tech from the war, the New York War, the yeah, Avengers and and movie. doing it
1: for like a really, you know, for just the reason of you know, well, I got to put food on my family's table somehow. And finally, the number 1 movie, and this isn't just because I saw it yesterday, but I really feel like <laughs> if I have to revisit it again, but yes, Spider-Man No Way Home definitely is my number 1 on this on, on the list of live action Spider-Man movies. Um and you know what, Just for good measure, Into the Spider-Verse would probably take the ti- would probably also get the tie here. But that's an animated movie, so I don't know if I should put it on the list. You can if you want. Yeah, so my number one is tied with both those movies because they are just pure celebrations of all things Spider Man.
0: I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do the same thing. I'm gonna go down instead of up, though. Start. My number one is actually gonna be Spider Man Homecoming. Okay. Because it's very small. I'm not gonna do the whole explanation thing that you did for every single one of them because we want to wrap this up. Because I'm exhausted. But sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. I liked. He- yeah. I really loved hearing your. I think you very succinct, and I liked hearing all of your explanation. Um, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Just it just flawless. A A A A A plus. Like just A plus 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 plus. So good. Um, then I would put Spider Spider-Man No uh, uh, No Way Home. It? No Way Home. Sorry, I had a brain fart there. Yeah, No Way Home would probably be maybe at either number two or maybe even tied for number one. I'm going to have to rewatch the trilogy as like a cohesive whole and see how it fits together because I feel like I'm blinded by the aw- all the awesome bits that like maybe I would be... Like I still don't know how I feel about them trying to cure the, the villains. It just seems like a glaring error to me. After that um probably going to put Spider-Man uh, far from home maybe as number 3. I just think that they really got Spider-Man right all things considered. Andrew Garfield is the perfect Peter Parker, but those movies are very flawed and I was very easily able to overlook those films because of that. I don't and then the rest of them I don't know where I'd put. I guess it would go Spider-Man 2, Spider-Man 1 with Tobey Maguire. Then uh, I don't know. Um, maybe Amazing Spider-Man two, then Amazing Spider-Man one, then Spider-Man three. I don't know. I, I really can't. It's really hard for me to sort of put everything in an order. I I kind of like them all. I kind of have enjoyed them all for different reasons and different ways. I I, I guess I guess no uh um, uh, No Way Home is 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 the best one because it it ultimately has to take the number one spot because it's essentially a sequel to every single one that came before it. No Way Home is a sequel to Spider-Man 1, 2, 3, Amazing Spider-Man 1 and 2, and Spider-Man Homecoming and Spider-Man Far From Home. It's a sequel to all of those films. And not only that, it's a conclusive sequel. And it lands the ending just in the way that Endgame Landed the ending for twenty-two Marvel movies. So, when all things are said and done, No Way Home is the best one. Shit, <laughs> it, is.
1: <laughs> it is. That's a. I think that's a fair assessment.
0: Uh, Ballad says, "I'm just shocked they handled it so well. It could have been all over. It could have been all over the place and packed too much content in one. But they still maintain a coherent na- narrative, riddled with emotion. They did, Ballad. Um, the only thing I just Eric couldn't Summers stand... and
1: Chris McKenna deserve all the praise for being able to handle all the all the plot elements yes and
0: and the dot again the the scenes that they wrote between the Peter Parkers like they deserve Oscars for those scenes like they're just so pitch perfect they didn't go on too long they were I mean they found they found these moments to inject so much wonderful humor
1: as they did through I think they wrote the other two right didn't they write all everything I believe they wrote – well, I don't quote me on this, but I believe that they were the mainstays through all three. Other people did uh, get writing credits for the first two, but they got the sole credits on this one. Gotcha,
0: gotcha um i just like to say before first of all i'd like to thank nate dog for jumping
1: on here and i'd like to thank you for having me oh Um, my my pleasure really really needed to talk about this with somebody
0: i nate dog i'm i'm so glad that you wanted to talk about it and you know we we still have to do the invincibles and some other stuff Yes. so we'll get to that
1: i i admit that i manipulated you into seeing this movie but i'm glad that you were able to watch it safely
0: Oh, yeah, I I was. I was able to watch it. COVID as COVID is spreading again all over the the place. I was able to safely watch in theater. Now I have to figure out Nightmare Alley. I have to see Nightmare Alley as well because I love the original so much. And I I just cannot resist Guillermo del Toro and, you know, fucking (laughs) Nightmare Alley. Um, Good to see a Good to see a ballad. Ballads are regular here. He's um he's a YouTube he's one of the mods too in the the, the live chat. Um oh, we, it's
1: a, it's a pleasure to meet you ballad. Hopefully I'll be back soon.
0: We have uh we are powered by riotstickers.com. They are our official sponsor of from his channel. I just want to let you know that you can get the best sticker deal of the century uh for $29.50. That's 50% off. You can get 50 3x3 three Vinyl stickers at riotstickers.com with the 50% off code from us. Go down in the description, click on the link, check it out. If you if you or your band or whatever it is your project, if you're a filmmaker, if you're a writer, whatever you may be, you may you might need stickers to to spread away. Maybe you want to get some Spider Man stickers. You just want to promote and proselytize and and pass along the message of Spider Man. Well, you can do that with Riot Stickers. From riotstickers.com, I know Josh. We just had him on the show. Josh runs riotstickers.com. I've ordered stickers from riotstickers.com in the past, and I personally vouch for them. I know uh, friends of mine who also order riot stickers, and I'll tell you, there are leading competitors out there. Allegedly, their stickers don't stick too well. So, riotstickers.com, riot stickers. We are the bomb. Nate, dog, hold on real quick. We're just going to play the video and wrap this up. All right, we have a wonderful way of saying goodbye that on the channel. Was,
1: that had a very 90s aesthetic to it. It did. It was written
0: by the guy from Less Than Jake, too, which I find super awesome. That's awesome. This is uh, uh, your your friendly neighborhood web-slingers at the us channel are saying goodnight to you. Thwip,
1: we say thwip. I hope we've been very good emotional support friends for the people who have seen this movie.
0: Yes instead of saying pete we usually say peace and hair grease on this channel we're going to say peace and thwip grease and we're going to close out grease. we're going to close out with the patreon um we're going to close out the patreon uh nate dog hang out one more second hey guys what's going on it's jeff so i've decided to make a patreon what is patreon i don't know how to define a patreon let me look it up patreon is a membership platform that makes it very easy for creators to get paid for the things that they're already creating. I want to do it full-time. I want this to be my full-time job. In my efforts to make that happen, I've set up this platform. Is it going to work? Is it going to be successful? I don't know. But I would rather try and crash and burn than not try at all. The goal is to create enough passive revenue so that I can continue to do this full-time And believe me, there's a couple of choice pieces. Most of all, more than anything, whether you join the Patreon or not, I just want to thank each and every one of you that comes to the channel, that watches all the shows, that leaves comments, that participates, that subscribes. That's really the most important thing. This is just trying to find a way to earn a living as an artist. And with that, thank you for my TED Talk. Join the Patreon, because we need you!
1: 66 cents.